0: is found in Psalms 37, and it says this. It says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. And I love what uh, David writes here in Psalm 37, and it's so interesting of how, uh, if you've been a follower of Jesus for any kind of amount of time, um, it's very easy for us to get into kind of a familiar pocket with our understanding of who God is or our understanding of our own identity or our circumstances. And, and we can lose, and we can lose very easily the beauty, the brilliance, the greatness, the glory of God for who He truly is. And this series has been trying to peel off that callous of familiarity so that we can kind of approach the Lord fresh in 2020 to say, God, I want to see you for who you really are, and I want to be about your plan for my life this year. And um, so just like, uh, and so last week, we saw many times that Jesus would break away to be uh, with his heavenly Father, to get envisioned, get wisdom, and just to delight in his own Father. He didn't do it out of duty, he did it out of delight. And like Jesus, when you and I spend time with God, we get energized, we get realigned, we get shaped, we get focused, we gain wisdom and perspective. And so last week we ended up a series I offered a little challenge, a little 30-day Bible diet challenge. Um, If you weren't here last week, uh, you can grab one of these over at the resource table but it's just, a, it's just a way to just dive in the Word, just a couple chapters a day, to say, God, I'm here. I need you to speak to me. I need, your, uh, I need you to unfold your Word to me and let your Holy Spirit do His work. So uh, we're going to continue down that road and just a little bit, a different element. If you're, if you're walking down the road of delighting in the Lord, uh, what else does that mean? What else does it mean to delight in the Lord besides just spending time with Him? relationally, Uh, and that's what we're going to get into today. So let's pray before we dive in. Lord Jesus, no matter where we're at with you, Father, you know where we're at. Lord, there's there's nothing that we can hide from you. There's nothing that we can hide from your presence. And so, Lord, I I pray that we would, uh, Lord, evaluate ourselves based upon what you see God, that we would see our life and we would see our circumstances the way you see it. And Father, I pray as this this more nuanced element of delighting in you, God, I pray that we would capture what you want to say. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, uh, let's dive in with this. I'm going to We're going to travel down this road. Hopefully, you can follow with me. Even last night, I was like, ah, yeah, I think we'll get there. I think think that connects. Anyway, here we go. Uh, So 2 Corinthians, Paul, uh, his second letter to Corinthians in verse 3, or I mean chapter 3, verse 16, says, but whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom so all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we're changed into His glorious image. Man, some powerful words Paul assembled together there that, that actually begin to create a picture of what life would be like in your life if you were fully free. If you were fully free from all sin, fully free from all addictions, habits, bad reactions, flesh, that God is trying to intentionally take your life where you're at or where you used to be and take you down a journey for you to become and reflect more like Jesus. He changed your identity if you're a follower of Jesus. He changed your identity. You used to be a sinner, and now you are a saint. You are adopted in God's holy family, a son and daughter of the living God. Old things have passed away. The new has come. And that new image is what God is after, to be set free, to be liberated, to be released, to grow and become what God has designed it to be, to reflect the Lord and make us more like Jesus. God not only wants you to discover who he is, he wants you to grow up into the likeness of him. But there's so many that find him and yet stay spiritual infants for their whole life because they fail in one specific area. And it's they fail to get connected their life with lives of other believers, relationally. we have just seen it. I've been following the Lord for 25 years, quarter of a century. Wow. <laughs> and you see it time and time again. Those who may have gotten won over by the Lord to say, God, I want to serve you. I want to, I want, I want to follow Jesus. And yet, fail in the one area or stop short. Let's, let's stay. stop short. Okay, Fail is kind of a big thing, but in the kingdom you've got to get used to failure is just part of it. But anyway, uh, so we stop short of really fully entering into the kind of kingdom life that God has designed you to thrive in. But because of our fears, our insecurities, we don't know the fear of the unknown, because we're kind of used to what we have now, that, that that we fail to grow because we don't put ourselves, inject ourselves in the context of other relationships that help us grow and be a disciple. Romans 12, two says this, do not conform to the pattern of this world. It's a very common verse here, but I want you to, I want you to see this in context because we, we hear this line uh, very often but let's see it in context. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And like we said, how important it was last week about getting in God's word and eating God's word. That the desires in my heart begin to change. There's some that still remain, and there's some that the Lord begins to birth and grow. And it says, take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. As we take delight in the Lord, and he renews our mind in that process. If you change your mind, you will change your life. If you change your mind, you will change your life. What you say to yourself matters in the mirror. You ever looked in the mirror <laughs> lately? Like really looked? Not just quick. Not just like, oh man, I'm still bald. Yep, still there. Uh, that's still a reality of mine. Or, um, or the unfriendly follicle. You know, you might find that in the mirror. Uh, but, now, looking at the mirror. When you look in the mirror, who's looking back at you? How you see yourself matters in the kingdom of God. And most people that I know don't like staring at the mirror very long because they're not necessarily entirely comfortable or satisfied with the person looking back to them. And so we move on. We but how you see yourself matters. How you walk and live your life matters. How you move and breathe and have your being out in the world matters. Matters think about the exposure of the disciples to Jesus. I mean, if you, really, if you really read the Gospels and you try to put yourself in the shoes of the disciples, which is, you know, it's pretty tough to put your shoes in Jesus, but if you put your shoes in the disciples and you just start imagining what life would be like around at least 12, because there's a whole other big group that kind of followed Jesus around, but at least 12, you were with the same 12 people 24 hours a day for three and a half years. What would that look like, right? I mean, sometimes we sterilize the scriptures to say all these guys were just like saints walking around. I mean, when you really think about it, did Jesus have gas at the campfire? He probably did, you know? But in a sense of like living with other people, if you've had roommates, if you're married, there is a shaping process if you have good roommates, not just selfish roommates, but if you have actually decent, good roommates, there's a shaping process that happens in our life that could not happen on our own, right? Just living by yourself, it's like, man, I can do whatever, but when I got people, whoa, when I got people that I'm like like around all the time, it's amazing how much <laughs> of this stuff comes out when you get offended by somebody. When somebody comes up and their breath is bad, it's like, man, how do you? I mean, the, the whole scope of human interaction was probably experienced with those disciples. But Jesus needed a highly relational environment for the gospel to be birthed in. The relational environment is the context by which the gospel is planted in our life and grows to fruition. We cannot... Fully please the Lord if we're serving the Lord by ourselves, That's not how you were designed to serve the Lord. This highly relational environment, shaping their minds, shaping their hearts, teaching them, encouraging them, rebuking them, and setting them on a course that would forever change not only their life, but the world you and I need the same thing. To grow in God, you need people to see you for who you really are. And for many of us, that's very intimidating. (laughs) Because we think, my junk is unlike anybody else's junk. My junk's special. My junk has a little effervescent part to it that's just uniquely mine. And so we think when we get around other people, that if we disclose that, That there'll be rejection, there'll be judgment, there'll be all these fears. But I'll guarantee you all those fears are empowered by a source that does not come from God. It's to keep you isolated and alone because that's exactly where the enemy wants you. Because you are not stronger than he is. But Jesus, the one you serve, is God uses people to shape, encourage, challenge, support, pray with, be offended by, and ultimately to form the bond of kingdom camaraderie that you've been designed to thrive in. Kingdom camaraderie. Tom Landry, the famous Dallas football coach and Hall of Fame Coach, he says, I make people do what they don't want to do so they can become what they've always wanted to be. Hmm. It's interesting. I think we know that. (laughs) I think we know that if we had actually coaches and other kingdom players in our life, I think we would probably guess that we would be playing at a much higher level than we are today. And it's like we all know that. But what stands in our way? What gets in our way of actually engaging in those relationships? And it's, it's largely the fear of the unknown. You know, when we think about change, change is, change is perceived as loss. <laughs> Whenever anything changes, our natural human reaction is that I'm losing something. And all, our whole focus is what we're losing. But in this context, you have no clue what you're actually losing out on in these kingdom relationships that God wants to surround your life by, to anchor who you are, to, to encourage who God designed you to be, and to see that image that may have a lot of dirt over it, a lot of junk, to see that image slowly become fully expressed through your life. And God uses people around you. But isn't it interesting that right after this verse, that's so common, that we're very familiar with, it's so interesting about not conforming to the world and being transformed by the renewing of your mind, Paul goes right, the next verse, Paul goes right in to describe what a divine kingdom family actually should function and look like because he knows in order for us not to conform to the world but be transformed by the renewing of our mind, you and I actually need community in our life to hold our feet to the fire so we can become what we've always wanted to be. A follower of Jesus by which at the end of our life the Father would look upon you to say, well done, good and faithful servant. That there's, this, that there's this life that you and I can live that actually ensures not only God saying that, but saying that with absolute excitement and joy. Well done. But it isn't interesting. Okay, so he talks about this. Not only renewing your mind. Okay, Romans 12, 3, 4, by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. But rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not have the same function. My function is not the same as your function, and your function is not the same as the person sitting next to you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, these members don't have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, Paint this picture? Do you see this picture that Paul is trying to create in the image of his hearers? That there's something unique and divinely special about kingdom relationships, divine relationships that God is bringing, has brought, and has grown in your life. This is the team. This is a team approach in God's economy. Listen, you have a unique contribution to the kingdom of God that only you can make. You have a unique contribution. You have something unique to contribute to the unfolding of God's story in the earth in this generation. There's something for you to walk in. That verse last week in Ephesians 2.10, it says, for you are God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do the good works that he's planned in advance for you to walk in. You're God's masterpiece. He's shaping, shaping you, and He does that in the context of community. When I was, I grew up in church. I was kind of a nice little church kid, but I was a pretty hellion on the weekends. Um, I was very, I was the quintessential hypocrite Christian, duplicitous, um, who I was to one group. I was not the same to the other. And uh, when I was 19, I was in college, and Um, By that time, I was a pretty good liar, a pretty good cheater. Um, I was an adulterer. I was an addict. Um, I was prideful. I had a massive ego. Uh, A lot of things happened in high school that contributed to that. Um, And I was all about myself. And so there was a guy that I a friend of mine that challenged me it ended up kind of convicting me to the point where I just gave my life over the summer I was by myself I said God I've given you an excuse why not to serve you my whole life here's my life so I go back to school and I'm wandering and I'm looking around and I'm traveling around all the kind of campus ministries on campus and a lot of them are really great a lot of cool people but there was just something in my heart that I was like, I am done with the show. You ever feel that? Like I'm done with the show? Like I want the actually the real thing. So growing up in a 10,000-member church where everything's professional, God led me to this small church on Saturday nights with 30 people. The guy up front had a three-piece suit, a little overdressed, uh, but he was passionate, and it was this little group, this little band of people that God hooked me into. I kind of wanted to go the other place, but when I really considered about it, I was like, this is the place that I know I'm going to grow. And um, it was through the investment of people and families into my life that I was forever changed. There, was, there are certain addictions Where is my comment here? Certain addictions, habits, thought patterns, responses, opinions, went from dark to light only in the midst of a relationship. Only in the midst of relationships. There's certain things that are tripping you up, that are hindering you, that are holding you back, and it's only in the context of relationships that you're going to get set free. Sorry. That's just the way you're incomplete. You are made incomplete by design. And that's hard for us to accept, isn't it? It's hard for us to say I need help with this. But if you were to really think, just like in in any let's say in the in the sports arena, you've had some NBA players try to go without a coach. How's that work out? Their career usually tanks. You try to live without a coach or other people kind of speaking into your life and and you speaking into other people's lives as you grow and develop. It's this interplay that God desires for you to fully walk in and that's our heart here at City Life. We're a disciple-making church and we want to see disciples made, raised up, seen, become leaders, not only in their spheres of influence, leaders in the kingdom, that's our heart here. So you're not gonna get the show, but you will get relationships. And that's what I love about our community, is there's some pretty amazing people here in this room. Hebrews 10 says this, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting meeting together as is the habit of some. Some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. One of my favorite things to eat at a football game is Rotel. You've made Rotel before, you know, or any kind of soup does this too. But you put it on the heater and you just let it sit there for a little while, undisturbed. What happens? That nice little top coat, right? That nice little hard crunchy top coat it's like man i gotta peel this aside and get to the real good stuff underneath but that's what actually happens in our own life you and i get crusty you and i develop sometimes a little hard coat over our heart and over our mind and we get caught up in our own life and sometimes you and i just need to get stirred up that's the picture that paul is saying Stir each other up. Man, I need stirred up. I get funky pretty quick. That's my wife. Pretty quick. I need to get stirred. I need to get stirred by other men in my life. I need to get stirred up because I cannot play at the, at the level that God has designed me to without those men in my life encouraging. And I'm not just sitting back waiting for, you know, this guy to call me I'm reaching out to say, yo man, I need you. Hey man, I'm struggling here, can we pray together? Hey man, I've got this big decision coming up. Man, can you pray with me? Hey, I got this interview tomorrow. Man, can you stand with me? It's about taking initiative and it's amazing how a community just, boom, just thrives if people are committed to say, I'm the one gonna gonna initiate. I'm not gonna wait for someone to initiate with me. Man, I, I want this. I want to be who God's made me to be. And there's this fire and there's the determination. It's like, man, nothing's going to hold me back. I'm engaging. I'm not going to let Netflix take over my destiny. So you and I need stirred. Being active and engaged in a community is actually proof that I'm walking out the great commandment. To love the Lord your God with, all your, with everything you've got and love people in the same way. By me being in community, it's demonstrating that I'm walking out the great commandment. I'm learning how to love people around me. And again, we only love people as much as we've been loved. And so that's why we need that time with the Lord. That's why we kind of anchored it in those first couple messages about God, time, and His presence. But where God wants to take you, he wants to see you work out what it means to actually learn to love people. And people are going to learn to love you. Once you start traveling down the road and experiencing and investing in others and their investment in you, you will find one of the greatest rewards in the kingdom of God. Okay? If you want to know, this is a big one. One of the greatest rewards in the kingdom of God is divine relationships in your life. I'll say it in another way. As you see the treasure that the people around you truly are, our only rightful response is to delight in the Lord. When you actually look at the people that God has surrounded you by, surrounded you with, there's just like this amazing place of delight in the Lord to say, God, you have truly surrounded me with some pretty amazing people. God has surrounded your life with some amazing people, but it's almost as if Paul, like that first thing about the Lord removing the veil so we can see the Lord it's almost like in the same way the Lord needs to remove a veil for us to see the Lord in our relationships and to see how truly kind generous and wonderful God is based upon the relationships that he's put in your life and that's what we're here that's where the relationships is all where it happens So, that's why, if you're not already, we're here, again, we're a disciple-making church, so obviously, Sunday morning, disciples aren't made on Sunday morning. Uh, disciples are made kind of through the week, and so what we do here at City Life is we have um, life groups kind of all over the city uh, during the week to, for you to get plugged into and for you to take your walk with the Lord to a whole new level. And there's some amazing people in each and every one of those groups. People that um, you're going to be like, wow, I didn't, know. I didn't know that about you. I didn't know that interesting part of your story. And so every week we have life groups in different areas. And my encouragement to you is that if you want to grow, and if you're not in a life group, uh, that you would do so that you would say yes that's i know i need that i know i need coaching i know i need people in my life people that i connect with people that i resonate with and i know i need that to live at the level that god has designed me to live so if you have yet to jump in here's some uh, here's some options here okay so Tuesdays i don't know if the ti- are the times accurate 6:30 Tuesday 6:30. Sorry, I knew I was like typing this up last night and I was like, man, I don't know what time to do that means. Anyway, Tuesday 6:30. it's in Mission. Thursday seven South Kansas City. Thurs another Thursday at seven in North Overland Park or Thursdays at 6:30 in Westport. and if you're on our weekly email, right now you have an email in your inbox that is from us that actually has a really quick link to say, I want to get involved in a life group. We also have a sign up sheet over on a resource table, but it's our heart that you truly go to the next level in your walk with God and that you truly see that being relationally anchored in your life is one of the greatest blessings in the kingdom of God because you can see some amazing people around you and take delight in Him by being grateful for this amazing life that we get to live. One thing that I've never regretted in my life is choosing to grow and go deeper with God. It's one thing I'll never regret. Choosing to go deeper and to say yes to all he has. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you so much for the power of relationships. God, I do thank you that you've made us incomplete by design, and that God, that you put people around us with different gifts and different callings and But God, you put them in us to shape us and to call us up to a new level, to be speakers of truth to one another, to be honest and not just play games. And so, Lord, I pray that we would be hungry for that, God, that we would be hungry for that, those genuine kingdom camaraderie relationships that we've been designed to. God, if we're kind of maybe just on the outside of that, God, it just comes down to one decision in our heart to say, I'm in, I'm jumping in. And that's really where I feel God wants to bring us all here. That even if we are in a life group, God, we're jumping in fresh. We're jumping in. God, I've kind of got in a habit. If you if you are in a life group, God, I've kind of got in a habit of just kind of coming and just kind of passively engaging. But God, I'm jumping back in. It's not just for the for those that that haven't been connected yet, that need to, it's for those that are connected, that you would re-up and say, man, I'm giving my all. I'm not just coming to get, I'm coming to give. I'm gonna, I'm gonna help what's going on. I'm gonna take my gift, and I'm gonna start exercising that. If it's leading, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask, to, ask for opportunities to lead. If it's serving, man, I'm gonna come serve. If it's hospitality, man, I'm bringing some stuff and feeding people for Jesus. Man, whatever it is, God, that's what I'm bringing And God, I pray that we would all call each other up to a higher level with your grace, in your grace. God, call us up to a higher level of champion living, championship-level living. Lord, have your way in us and through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we hope this message has inspired you and challenged you to be the man or woman he's called you to be now and to see his kingdom grow in every area and arena of life. God is with you more than you know. For more information about our community here in Kansas City, please visit us online at citylifekc.org, and we'll see you next time on the City Life Podcast.